On paper, Barbara and Laren Tolbert are opposites. Barbara, the retired nurse and eternal optimist, is a bubbly and outgoing dreamer. Her husband Laren, the scientist, is a down-to-earth realist who lives by numbers and facts. Yet on one summer day in 1967, opposites would attract. Laren was studying at Tulane University. Barbara was attending nursing school not too far away. During the summer, I worked at the hospital where she was going to school. So that's where we met. Oh, I can tell a better story. Laren had dated all of my friends and my little sis. And uh, You mean your school little sis? My school little sis, correct. I was sitting in the auditorium once, and he was giving a talk. And I saw him up there, and Cupid's arrow struck. And I thought, I have got to get a date with him. So I told my best friend in nursing school, and she decided that she would arrange. I mean, this is... She just she knew him, and so she got some bicycles, and we all went bicycling together. She set us up. And then Linda decided that she had to go back to the dorm, and so she left us. And that was the end of the that was the beginning of the story. <laughs> that was fifty years ago. Right. Three years later, the two were married, and have since raised four successful children and built a life full of adventure, love, and support. But two and a half years ago. Barbara was diagnosed with a late-stage pancreatic cancer, turning both their worlds upside down. This is a story about finding strength at your weakest moments. This is a story about what true love really means. This is Barbara and Laren's palliative care story. Back home today, dealing with the constant ups and downs of her cancer, Barbara discusses one of her favorite hobbies, spending time in her garden. I love planting in my garden. When I go out and play in the dirt, it's almost like I'm holding Mother Nature's hand. It just, it, it thrills me to work in the garden. For so long, Barbara has been the rock of her family. She's always been the caregiver when anyone is sick. And for so long, it was Laren who was dealing with medical issues. He's dealt with a severe heart condition for quite some time, and Barbara has always been right there by his side. And for 10 years, Barbara cared closely for her own mother, who steadily declined due to dementia. And even though she had a love for travel, family always came first. I was pretty active. I was go, go, go. I was, uh, Laren and I, before my mother got ill, traveled quite a bit with his work. And so we were able to, you know, go to many different places. Um, Italy and France and stayed in Germany for a while and I really enjoyed that and I thought that when my mother um, was gone that that was something that we would be able to do. But only a week after her mother passed away Barbara found herself feeling fatigued and went to the doctors complaining of stomach pain. Well I had been caring for my mother and lifting her onto the commode chair at night and so I thought I had strained my back and so I had heating pads on every chair throughout the room and finally the pain started getting pretty severe so I went to my doctor to see about it he thought it was maybe a gastric upset and started me on something for that and the pain just kept getting worse and we I ended up in urgent care where finally um, there was a young internist, Laren. 
that said, you know, I really think you need to have a CAT scan. And, and when I did, then she found it. What the doctor found was metastatic pancreatic cancer, which had already spread to the liver. Immediately, Barbara's children rallied to her side. They were all here as soon as I was diagnosed. They were all here. They all came in. The only one that couldn't come in was her son, Jason. But the girls were all here and setting out food and getting people to come in and help Laren. And, you know, I couldn't, I didn't expect that, really. I mean, I have wonderful girls, but this was more than I would have expected. And it meant a lot. You know, it propelled me forward, and they kept playing me the fight song. (laughs) While the support from her family helped, Barbara still couldn't help but feel shocked and overwhelmed by this sudden and extremely difficult news. I remember just being like in a tornado, a whirlwind, you know. I, I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know what to do. I had my family, and I loved them dearly, and I didn't want to see them hurt. It was just, it was overwhelming. For Laren... He was now facing a complete role reversal. Suddenly, he would have to assume the role of the caregiver. This wasn't the plan. It was always my anticipation that uh, I would uh, go before Barbara. And in fact, I had uh, done some reasonably careful planning to make sure she was taken care of if something happened to me. And she's always been the person who, who... took care of me, you know, made sure I took my pills and everything. And um, so I was, uh, I was very upset that this plan had been upended. When Barbara was diagnosed, she was dealing with severe pain. Treatment options to slow the cancer were presented, like chemotherapy, and she began getting treated. But while the treatment had helped slow the cancer, the physical side effects and difficulties stemming from the treatment have also been very difficult to deal with. Barbara also lost her hair while receiving chemo, which made her feel less like herself. That, coupled with the anxiety and the stress of the diagnosis, was keeping Barbara from living an active life. Recognizing that she could benefit from more support as she received treatment, Barbara's oncologist recommended a medical specialty called palliative care. Palliative comes from the word palliate, which means to ease or relieve. And what palliative care does is finds ways to support and ease and relieve symptoms. And those symptoms can be anything from the physical to the emotional to the spiritual to the financial. Whatever is the issue at hand, we'd like to find ways to make it better. That's Dr. Anna Scold. She and a full team of nurses, social workers, chaplains, and other specialists help Barbara and Laren deal with the many struggles of the illness. How do we treat a whole person, Um, not just the disease, and not just the physical symptoms, but the emotional and the spiritual well-being of a human being um, who's dealing with uh, a serious illness but still has all these other parts of them that we often don't get to touch upon in the medical world and I think is so very important. Barbara was open to palliative care from the start because she knew she couldn't continue feeling frustrated and overwhelmed. Dealing with big decisions about treatment options or medications or even just understanding what she might expect next was too much to handle. She also heard that palliative care could get her back to being active and also help manage her symptoms. Being able to do simple things was so important to Barbara. One of the things that I have always done is to bring Laren's coffee before he gets up. I, always, I don't do it just because he enjoys it, although he does. 
but I do it because it's a way of expressing my love for him. You know, this, I know you enjoy this, and this is something I would like to do. So, as one by one, those things started being taken away. That was very difficult, um, and it's you have to have purpose for life. You have to be able to do, or I have to be able to do something, even if it's a minor thing. You know, put a load of clothes in. Larry's always saying, don't put the clothes in. I can do it. Well, all I'm doing is throwing them in there and letting the washer wash them. <laughs> but I feel like I've accomplished something. In that initial meeting, Barbara, Laren, and their grown children all attended. We asked Anna to take us inside that first palliative care meeting. We have the patient and all their loved ones going to a conference room with the physician, the nurse, the social worker, and the chaplain in the conference room. And we have the patient usually sit at the head of the table unless they want to sit somewhere else. And we have the family sitting next to them, and we're all around the table as equals. And then we start by just asking the patient to tell kind of a little bit about themselves, like where they were born, um, what they did for a living, who their family members are. We get a lot of very interesting stories um, It usually is heartfelt and funny and um, very relaxing because we're asking people to tell about things that they want to talk about. Anna is a very bubbly person, but not only is she a bubbly person, she's a person full of ideas. And, and she immediately started helping me see that, that I had options, that I still had options, that how I handled my life I was still in control of that part of my life. We ask the patient to explain what they do understand about their illness, and we have family chime in if um, that's appropriate. Then we ask permission to give more information. So if there's gaps in information or something that needs to be explained further, I do a lot of explaining. Over the next few weeks, after establishing a foundation and an understanding of what might come next, Anna and her team started to discuss Barbara's anxiety. Through those long conversations, it became clear that Barbara's pain was frustrating her. Anna and the team then went to work on managing Barbara's pain. She definitely had pain when she came to us. Um, she had been started on some pain medicine. We had to titrate up and, um, you know, she ended up on a fentanyl patch and short-acting pain medicine in between. Another thing Anna helps Barbara with is being prepared on the days where she wants to be more active and go out. She was always so encouraging. Why, why can't you do that? Well, we can break it down. Let me show you how we break it down. We, I, I will, this is the medication list I'm going to give you. These are in case you run into this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. This is what you need to carry. You need to remember to always have uh, a little uh, bag with things that you need accessible immediately. Um, just, you know, things that you should be able to think of yourself, or I should be able to think of myself, but but, um, but didn't. For Laren, having Anna be a motivator when it comes to doing more things has been a positive. She's always been very much pushing that, you know, to do things that, that make life worth living. We just went on a trip to... Uh, New Mexico that I was kind of thinking that we shouldn't do because of Barbara's condition, but, you know, she was very encouraging 
for us to do things that make life worth living, and we did. We often get patients and families who really want to go do something, like go to a family reunion or go on a trip somewhere. And sometimes patients have been great advocates for themselves and told their oncologists or their other doctors that, no, I really need to go to this family reunion. But sometimes patients don't. They think, I'll just postpone that and I'll just do my chemo and then we'll do it later. And we really try and bring those things up and say, no, 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 let's work around that. Let's get you there because that's important and we've got to get you back to life and living and feeling good. For Barbara, always the caretaker and fully committed mother, saying no is not something she's used to. And while being active and taking trips is ideal, sometimes that's not realistic when you're not feeling well. And saying no to people who want you to come out and enjoy things can also be tough. On one occasion recently, Barbara was stressed over an upcoming trip, and she talked to Jane, the palliative care team's social worker, all about it. Laren had made this, these reservations for this trip that I always wanted to take. Not only had he made reservations for this trip, but he had gotten all of our girls tickets. But I, you know, I was terrified. I, at that time, I didn't think I could travel. We were going to be in um, tourist class, which is where we generally travel. But uh, I, the thought of having to wait for a restroom, I don't know if you know a lot about pancreatic cancer, but that's not a good thing to wait. And uh, just the, the, I was so tired that I didn't think I could get there. But I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want this. I had always wanted to do this. They had always wanted to do this. But I didn't want to say... I can't. I really can't. So when I talked to Jane, you know, she she told me that sometimes you have to do things based on your own needs. And for a mother, that's that's not always the way we think, you know. She told me I needed to talk to Aaron. You know, I needed to get the strength to talk to Aaron and tell him that I didn't think I could do this. And so I finally got the courage to tell him, you know, even after all your preparation, and I know how hard it was, I can't do this. I can't take this trip. Palliative care offers support to caregivers as well. Laren, who never misses a meeting, has learned tools and tips from Anna and her team about how to help Barbara day to day. Anna and her team also help Laren with his own issues. So from the medical piece, he gave me permission to talk to his cardiologist and help coordinate his care so his cardiologist was aware of what was going on in the, you know, with his wife, which was helpful so that where he didn't need to necessarily do a face-to-face encounter um, where things could be done on the telephone or his pacemaker defibrillator could be interrogated by phone and things like that could be done that way just to ease some burden. So that, that was like, let's see how we can de-stress your life from that piece. So it's a lot of advocating and then a lot of talk therapy. So we have a program at Kaiser that's called AICC, Advanced Illness Care Coordination. And it is free, no copay sessions, um, talking about coping, emotional support, planning, resources. Laren is fully on board. He doesn't leave Barbara's side, just like she's never left his. He wants to do everything. Uh, and he has some limitations, but they have just an amazing family. And the, their daughters, who are all grown, rotate flying in and coming to help out. And they do family vacations together on a very regular basis with all the grandkids. 
and she's done so well for so long that it, just like um, many of the other patients I've talked to you about, it, that has been now something we've been able to do, to goal set, to get to the next family reunion, to get to the next trip, and and try and go from trip to trip to trip instead of from scan to tumor marker to scan to tumor marker. I go to all our appointments. We've had several discussions about the path forward and what we do when this happens and so forth. So she's a very helpful person. She, she's not unrealistic, but she helps to show how it is that she can go forward in the presence of somewhat daunting odds. Today, two and a half years after diagnosis, Barbara is still battling the ups and downs of cancer. And while some treatment options have worked, she still faces difficult odds. But what's changed is that her pain is managed, her anxiety is lessened, and she's able to say yes to things when she's up to it and no to them when she isn't. She credits palliative care with helping her regain control, and she often looks forward to seeing Anna and enjoying the special bond they formed. I can't express what I got out of it. It's just... It's just somebody there to hold my hand, somebody that I know that if I have a question, I can call and ask, and they'll get back to me. And usually with a a very good, simple follow-up, uh, so it's just been, it's just been my support. It's been my foundation. On one day recently, Barbara dropped off a gift for Anna in her office to show her what life has looked like since her diagnosis. She made a photo book, and she entitled it My New Normal. And it says on the inside cover, Thanks to my palliative care team for all the support and encouragement made with love by Barbara Tolbert. And the entire book is a picture book of all the trips she's taken since she was diagnosed and all her grandkids and all the beach vacations. And um, when I had time later in the day, I uh, I looked at it and I let myself have a good cry. And I just have to say that this is why I love my job. She has had two amazing years since I met her, and this book is just full of love and just full of life. I woke up this morning thinking about uh, the song Imagination from Willy Wonka, and it I know this sounds really simplistic, but... There's a line in it, it says, if you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do, do it. And I think that that's what palliative care has been for me. It's it's going to be with limitations. It certainly is a new normal. But it has given me something to hold on to that says, there is life. You can do this. Here's the way we're going to do it. I'm going to break it down in very simple terms. I'm going to tell you that that if you go to Walt Disney World, get as close as possible so you can go back and rest. There are ways to to uh, not tire yourself out by waiting in line. You know, if you give them an explanation, they're more than helpful. Just hints that you wouldn't expect from a doctor. So... And the palliative care team has always been like that. It just, it's exactly what we hope for patients, that they get back to life. This book is full of life. 
And and that's all I ever want for any of my patients. Whatever life means to them, whatever their goals are, that's what we want to get them back to. As Barbara and Laren deal with an uncertain future, they know one thing for certain. They'll do it together, like they have always done for 50 years. As Laren and Barbara's dog were barking in the background, Barbara shared a story of what true love looks like in the face of serious illness. A couple of days ago, I was very anxious. And Laren has a friend that comes in town periodically, every weekend. And he asked me, when I, when you lie down, would it be all right if I went out to see Mohan? And I thought about it. And I thought, you know, I don't think I can do that today. And I said to him, I don't think I can do that, but I feel, I feel really bad about telling you I don't want you to go. And he said, you are my love. And if you need me, this is where I want to be. And he made it just so easy for me. For more information about how you or a loved one can receive palliative care, visit getpalliativecare.org.